we are in the 17th week. It's module number two of our life-shaped discipleship, and specifically our life block, block uh, number five. And tonight we're going to be talking about the subject of dominion. Dominion. Uh, we are discovering in this particular set of teachings, these 12 teachings, we are going to discover what we get when we get born again. You know, I mean, why even be born again? Why be born again? I mean, uh, that's a reasonable question. Why get saved? Uh, what changes? What are the benefits? You know, those are reasonable questions that, that are asked by many who, who are very sincere. They just lack the knowledge of the scriptures. And many people want to know whenever I talk to them about getting saved or I witness to them, they want to know why. What's the benefit? What, I, mean, I mean, why should I be saved? Uh, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a liar, a cheater, or a murderer. You know, I'm not committing adultery. I'm not, I'm not uh, you know, uh, uh, you know I, many people even say, well, I attend church. I've been going to church all my life. I'm the member of a church. You know, uh, uh, I don't, uh, you know, uh, 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 take the name's Lord, uh, take the Lord's name in vain. I mean, what difference does it really make? Why should I be saved? Why should I be born again? What really happens? Uh, uh, you know, what's the benefit? Well, those are the things that we're talking about. Those are the things that we're sharing in these particular lessons are the new creation realities, the benefits of being born again, what we get when we get saved. You see, the person who believes in and calls upon the name of the Lord, that person steps into Christ. And when we step into Christ, we become a new creature, a new creation in Christ. And uh, although it's not something that you can observe, you can't see it with your natural eye. I mean, if you were looking at somebody when they got saved, you know, uh, 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 after church Sunday, whenever I just said Sunday, listen, don't go home going to hell. If you're on your way to hell, you come see me, okay? Don't leave here on your way. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I had people come up after the service uh, at the altar and just say, hey, you know, uh, I want to be saved. You know, some of them responded to that particular question. Some of them uh, responded to something that was in the message. Some of them responding to just a call of God on their heart or, 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 or the season of life. It's so important that we make that response. But what happens? Because when I prayed for people on Sunday and I prayed for a number of people, you know, I... I, I you know, I didn't uh, see any physical change. You know, I mean, that's what Nicodemus says. You know, uh, I mean, do I enter into my mother's womb a second time and be born again? I mean, what happens? You know, although it's not in a, uh, something we can observe with a natural eye, nonetheless, there is an eternal change that takes place in the life of someone who believes in Jesus and calls upon him to save their soul. There is an eternal change that takes place. Old things pass away and all things become new. It is a born again experience. Suddenly, to the joyful resound of heaven, you know, reality changes for the person who gets saved. Things change. I mean, it can take a while to even recognize the changes that take place. But thing, something eternally changes. The nature of that individual changes. They are born again. They step into Christ. And everything changes. The old things and the old man pass away. And a brand new person is born. It's a born again experience. A divine intervention along with salvation.
salvation, we get several things. One thing we get is eternal forgiveness. I'm so grateful for being eternally forgiven. That's great. You know, that's wonderful. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I, I went to a jail one time at, at, at the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I walked into a jail and demanded to see a prisoner. The prisoner had shot someone in the back, shot him five times and killed them. I knew the person that I, I knew both the people actually, and the Spirit of God told me to go to the jail. Uh, I went to the jail to see this individual, and I was told by, by uh, the, the, the sheriff's department and, 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 and the jailer specifically, more than once I was told I could not see them. Nobody could see them. No, 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 no. There were strict orders. No, 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 no. And, and every time they would tell me no, I would hear the Spirit of God speak to me and tell me that, that, that I, I needed to see them. And so finally, uh, the, the jailer pointed his finger in my face and he said, you don't understand. And I don't know what took over me outside of the Holy Spirit. Don't try this at home, by the way, okay? But I stuck my finger back in his face and outshouted him. And I said, you don't understand. It's you that don't understand that Jesus wants him and Jesus wants him now. Man backed up, I guess, by the, by, you know, just by God. He looked a little bit afraid, and he, he looked around a little bit, a little confused, and he looked at, 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 a, at a guy who uh, was, was a, sheriff, a sheriff's um, uh, deputy, and he said, uh, uh, would you go back there with him to see this guy? I went back, and, and wouldn't you know it, that man gave his life to Jesus. He, 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 uh, he got saved. He got born again. I don't agree with anything that he did. And, you know, there was no guarantee, uh, you know, from me at least, that he was going to get out of jail. Uh, but there was a guarantee that he was eternally forgiven for the sins that he was repenting of. And that God would not send him to hell because of something he did. He stepped into Christ. And even though there was no visible change, there was an eternal change in his soul. He was born again no matter what someone has done without regard to what brought them to the place and the age, the stage, the circumstance, the situation, the difficulty of life. When people are ready to turn their life over to God and believe in him and get born again, eternity changes. Changes. There's an eternal change. There's every benefit to being born again. We get acceptance into heaven. You know, uh, uh, we, we become a new creation. And there are new creation realities that we can take advantage of. There are new potentials, new possibilities that we can benefit from. The born-again believer steps into new potential, new possibilities. That does not mean it will change your life. You have to participate to change your life. And, and uh, you know, that, that's up to us every day individually. But the eternal realities do not change. A man, a woman, a boy, a girl who gives their life to Christ, steps into Christ, steps into that grace, is born again. One of the new creation realities is the element of dominion. Dominion, and that's what we're going to talk about uh, for the next few minutes. In Genesis, the first chapter, we'll look at our key scripture right now. Genesis, the first chapter in verse 26, all the way back to the beginning. God, uh, in, 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 in discussing uh, the, uh, the, the creation of man. This is what God said in Genesis 1:26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion. 
over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You know, God created man and gave them dominion. You might say, what in the world is dominion? Well, dominion is the God-given right and power to govern and control in this life. The God-given right and power to govern and control in this life. We govern and control the works of God's hands in this life. In other words, God simply positioned man in creation. He positioned man to be in charge. Man was not designed to be equal with the animals. You know, I mean, uh, uh, sure, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not anti-PETA, but a man is, is, is not on the same line as, as every living creature, okay? Man was not designed to be equal with the animals. Man was not designed to be subject to sin. Man was not designed to be controlled by the elements of this world. Life is not meant to unfold in some unpredictable, unmanageable, uncontrollable, chaotic you know, adventure. We're not just pitched out here and left to wander and fend for ourselves and survival of the fittest. That's not God's will. God created Adam like himself. Let us create man in our image. And God gave them the right and the power to govern and control. Why? Because God had something for them to do. God had an original five commandments for mankind. You know, before the Ten Commandments. Now, thousands of years before the Ten Commandments, God had originally set in order five commandments. And he equipped man with the right and the power to govern and control the works of God's hands so that man could accomplish these original five commandments. We read about them uh, in, in Genesis uh, 20, uh, 1, 27, and 28, uh, uh, the, the next two scriptures there. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. You see, the original five commandments are these. Number one, be fruitful. This is God's initial intent, his original intent when he created mankind and he gave him dominion so that mankind could be fruitful, so that mankind, number two, could multiply. God intended for man to multiply. He intends today for us to reproduce. Even as, as uh, believers, as children of God, God wants us to reproduce more children of God, for us to be fruitful, for us to reproduce, to multiply, for us to feel the earth, for us to stretch out and to reach out beyond even our comfort zone, beyond our borders, beyond those areas which are delineated. Many times for us to stay within. Many times people will try to put you in a box, but God wants us to feel the earth. He wants us, That's his original intent, his original desire. Also, number four, to subdue the earth. God understood that mankind, even originally, that mankind would need the right and the power to govern and control because he was going to encounter resistance. This is before the fall. This is before sin. God understood that the earth would provide and other individuals, circumstances, situations would provide some resistance. And God intended for us to press through resistance and to have enough 
within us, enough right and power to govern and control so that we press through and subdue the earth. And then also, number five, to have dominion. That means to operate as though we are in control, to be in charge instead of being under control of sin or the devil or worry, anxiety, fear, frustration, all these things. God expects us to be in control, not out of control. And, uh, you know, uh, Psalms 8, David, as, as, as he was musing before the Lord, David asked an age-old question. King David, the one who's credited with, with so many of the Psalms, as he was musing and worshiping the Lord, he asked this question in Psalms 8, What is man? Lord, what am I? Why am I? What's the reason for my existence? You know, and, and, and specifically in Psalms 8, verse 6, you know, he answers it. He's, he's saying, what is man in verse, uh, verse uh, uh, 4 or 5? What is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you visited him? You know, you made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with, you know, uh, and then he in verse 6, he answers it. He said, for you have made man to have dominion over the works of your hands. And you have put all things under his feet. You want to know why you were created? Some people say, well, to fellowship with God or to, you know, this, that, or the other thing. Let me tell you why, you, why God purposed you. Because uh, God made you with purpose. And the purpose was, is for you to have dominion over the works of his hands. Things went chaotic. Things uh, went bad when man fell and abdicated his right and his power to govern and control. Dominion was a position man was given. And, and you know, uh, uh, man immediately began to, to take that position seriously. In fact, if you read further there, before the fall, after God had created Adam, uh, God brought all the animals before Adam, and Adam named them. God did not name them. Adam named them because Adam was given a position of authority over them. He, he was given positional dominion, and they were under his domain, under his dominion. And he, in fact... When, when, when uh, he was put to sleep and, and God took a rib and, and, and fashioned a woman and brought the woman, he named the woman. God didn't, he did. He named the woman, uh, hearing from God as the mother of all living, he's called her Eve. Thereby, uh, uh, once again, reflecting his responsibility and reflecting uh, his, his right and his uh, power, his authority, if you would, to govern and control, his responsibility uh, to make things happen. Uh, uh, you know, in, in many instances, uh, we are either letting things happen or we're making things happen. God intends for us to be on the side that's making things happen, on the side that, that is in control, not out of control, on the side that is not just along for the ride, but we are actually uh, 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 making things happen because of our right and our power. If, you, if, if you're not certain about right and power to govern and control, the right to, 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 uh, to the, the, the authority, the right to control something is like a policeman with a badge, okay? Just because he has a badge, he has a certain right. He has a certain authority, okay? Uh, uh, I don't know how many of you have ever been speeding down the highway. Perhaps uh, some of you have been like me. You've been going, you know, 5, 10, 15 miles an hour over the speed limit. Uh, of course, not meaning to. You know, you're singing praises to the Lord, and the more you sing, the faster you go. And, and you're call, caught up in, the, in that glory zone, and all of a sudden you realize you just passed, uh, you know, a state trooper or a, or a city, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 a policeman that's running 
running radar and uh, you check your mirror for the next mile trying to see if they're pulling out or if they're going to catch up with you. And when they don't, you feel like you got by with something, right? You feel like you escaped. It was not that you felt like, well, he must not have any authority to stop me. No, he had the authority. He may not choose to use it for some reason. He might be, you know, sitting back there sucking some coffee, eating some donuts. I don't know what, what's going on. Uh, you know, I can say that, okay? <laughs> I was one for a while. I can say that. All right. Uh, uh, you know, whatever. You know, he, he may, it's called a, a, a discret, a prosecutor, prosecutorial discretion. Excuse me. It's hard for me to spit that out. Prosecutorial discretion. That means that, you know, if there are 10 people speeding in one line, he can only get one and he can, uh, you know, that's up to his discretion, which one to stop. And it's up to the DA's discretion or the, or uh, whoever, who to prosecute. They're prosecutorial discretion, but that does not in any way reflect a lack of authority. Authority is there. He could stop you if he wanted. He has the authority. You know, he also has not only the right, but also he has the power. Once he decides to exercise his authority, then at his back are the, all the resources of the whole United States of America. If whatever it takes to stop you is there. And if that don't work, you know, today's economy, they might call out the UN. I don't know. But, <laughs> but you know, you will be stopped. Well, it's the same thing in the life of a believer. You know, uh, uh, you know, uh, sickness may attack my body. Uh, you know, uh, uh, financial burdens may, may, may come my way. You know, uh, lack of, of, of wisdom in knowing what to do might, 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 uh, might crop up at some moment or, or some other pressure or difficulty or, or anger or, or, or fear or resentment or whatever else. You know, and I can, like that policeman, ignore it and let it, you know, run its course. But don't think for one moment I don't have authority as a believer. Because once I stepped into Christ, there is given an inherent dominion, a right to govern, a right to speak up. Now listen, I, you know, some things you might have to chase around you might, but, but at your back is all of heaven for all of eternity. That thing will bow its knee, okay? It will bow its knee. And, uh, you know, the Bible says every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. You know, whether it takes a million years or not is not the point. The point is, is that I have authority and I have power to back it up and it's up to me. I have prosecutorial faith, <laughs> discretionary faith. You have discretionary faith. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, you have a problem and, and uh, you know, you, you turn to some other source and make them uh, your, your hope. That's the way it works. We have a choice. We have discretionary faith and we all exercise discretionary faith. You know, uh, uh, you know I, I, I don't uh, uh, imagine that, uh, uh, that uh, you know, I love the Lord, but I don't imagine uh, 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 there are some things I put up with. There's some things you put up with. There's some things policemen put up with. I don't recommend that. I'm just telling you that's reality. But it's also reality that you have authority. You have been given dominion. Okay? It, it was God's original intent. And not, it, it, it's, it's not restored dominion. It's new creation dominion. We are a new creature in Christ Jesus. And there is a new creation dominion we have. And God has given us and fully equipped his children with the tools necess necessary to exercise this dominion. Okay? He has given us 
uh, voices in which to exercise this dominion. Number one is a voice of prayer. God has given us a voice of prayer with which we can begin to exercise dominion. We can embrace it in reality, but in order to exercise it, it's going to take an action on our part. We must act. We're either letting things happen or making things happen. And to make things happen, we have to exercise many times our voice of prayer. We petition God for something that we need. Our prayer is to God for something that we desire we need. We let God know what we need. We also have been given a voice of confession. The voice of confession is also to exercise dominion, to exercise control over my brain mostly. Okay, many times I have to lift up a confession. You know, uh, God loves me. You know, I am the chosen of the Lord. You know, uh, no sickness has a right to my body. A voice of confession whereby I build myself up on my most holy faith. You know, a voice of confession whereby I, I use it to exhort and encourage others. I use the scripture every Sunday morning. I'm using it now as a voice of confession. How many times tonight have I spoken to you to encourage you with my voice of confession? I'm not praying to you, you know. I am confessing the word of God to you. I'm professing the same uh, concept. I'm using my voice of confession, my voice of profession. Hold fast, the Bible says, your profession of faith. Nothing wavering. Hold on to it. Be fully persuaded. Open up your mouth and let the word of the Lord come forth out of your mouth and, and speak your heart, speak your faith. It's, it, it's a tool God has given us so that we can exercise the dominion that we obtain when we step into Christ as a new creation reality. We get a right. We have an authority. We have a privilege. And we have power to back us up. We have a right to exercise dominion. We can do it through our voice of prayer. We can call upon God to change things. We have a voice of confession. We are told that we can speak to a mountain to be removed, to be cast into the sea. A voice of confession. We have also a voice of command. And that command is the voice of command whereby we tell the devil what he's not going to do to us. And uh, we, 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 we cast out devils. We speak to sickness. We speak speak to disease. We speak to the mountains of, of, with a voice of command. We do not use our voice of command to command God. We don't command God to do nothing, okay? And we don't pray to the devil asking him to do anything, okay? All right? I'm not praying to the, you know, to my mind. You know, I'm not, you know, uh, I do command my mind. Uh, you know, uh, uh, David said to himself, why so downcast, oh my soul? Listen, soul, put your hope in God. He was commanding himself, you know. He, he, he used a voice of encouragement, uh, exhorted himself whenever all of his uh, 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 army wanted to kill him and stone him one time because things were going bad. The Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord and he went forward. We, we have these tools God has given us. Our voice of prayer, our voice of confession, our voice of command. These are given us so that we might exercise dominion. We have a right. Don't let anyone, don't let the devil, the world, or anybody else, any other weak and false doctrine tell you that you have less than the dominion God intended over all the works of his hands and that you have the power of heaven backing you up and that nothing can stop the will of God, the way of God, the word of God. And when we stand to exercise that authority, with our voice of prayer, our voice of confession, our voice of command, we are taking control, we are taking dominion. 
The Bible says the kingdom of heaven uh, going through some difficult times, but we press and rush ourselves and push ourselves into this kingdom. And many times we do it just because we are exercising our dominion. Jesus plainly declared that all authority had been given unto him in heaven and earth, and he said, for that reason you go, and you heal the sick, you cleanse the leper, you raise the dead, you cast out devils. Freely you have received, and don't you uh, uh, think that anybody else shouldn't get it free too. Let it be free. You, you got it free, you give it free, okay? But he plainly expected for his followers to go forth exercising dominion over all the works of God's hands, okay? And he fully intended to back it up. In fact, it says that he worked with them everywhere, confirming the word with signs following. Luke, the 10th chapter, the 19th verse, Jesus said this, Behold, I give unto you power, I give unto you authority, is, uh, is what the New King James translation says. Behold, I give unto you authority, to trample on serpents and scorpions, talking about types of demons and demonic activity. Uh, I give unto you the authority. See, he's, he's giving you dominion. He's giving you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all of the ability, over all of the power, over all of, uh, of the enemy's ability. He says, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. In Matthew, the 16th chapter, in the 19th verse, Jesus uh, told his followers this. He said, uh, and I will give you keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Literally, the translation here, in reading it rightly, as it, as it was originally put in the Greek, says this, that what you see me allowing in heaven, you give free course to on the earth. But when you run up against something that I don't allow in heaven, I want you to stand up against it on earth, and you refuse to allow it free course. You have been given influence. You have been given strength. You have been given right and there's power backing you up. We need to stand up and influence the works of God's hand to follow his way. Well, that's dominion. Our important points for tonight uh, are this. N number one, man was originally created to have dominion. Originally, it was God's intent. It's not something that just came along with these hyper-faith teachers. Okay, That's not the truth. God intended this from the beginning. Number two, man is born again to a new creation position of authority. When we step into Christ, you know, this, this is what the disciples said to Jesus. They said, even the devils are subject to us in your name. You know, when, when we are in your name, even the demons have to obey us. Now, that is dominion. That's the right and the power to govern and control, to exercise dominion. We have been given a positional authority when we step into Christ through this born-again experience. Um, important point number three is that God expects His children to be in charge and to be influential. God expects you to, to exert your influence. Um, God expects you not to just let the devil keep running by you at 100 miles an hour stealing your stuff without you saying anything. Isaiah the prophet spoke to that. He said that, that, the, the, that the devil is like a, a, someone who reaches under a hen and steals her eggs. And the hen never lifts the wing, opens her mouth, or even makes a peep. Don't let the devil steal your stuff without you lifting a wing, without you fluttering and kicking up some dust about it, without you opening up your mouth and without you using a voice of prayer, confession, and command, okay? And then let God back you up. And then point number four, 
believers exercise dominion through prayer, through confession, and through command. Don't forget that. Don't forget, you begin to exercise your dominion that God has given you. When you get born again, you step into Christ. Things change forever. Exercise that dominion.